Hola, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including DuckTales, which we'll be getting into today. Uh, I'm your host for today, Alex Bonilla, and I'm joined by Steve Zek. Yo! Uh, today, the two of us will be discussing the latest three episodes of DuckTales, uh, The House of the Lucky Gander, The Infernal Internship of Mark Beeks, and The Living Mummies of Tothra. Uh, you can find more about this podcast and all the other shows we cover at OverlyAnimated.com. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes, where we appreciate any ratings or reviews you want to give us. You can also search for Overly Animated on any of your other preferred podcatchers. But uh, yeah, we'll be, fi- uh, we'll be finishing up our DuckTales coverage for 2017 as we have the final three announced episodes for the show, we had uh, the House of the Lucky Gander airing on October fourteenth. The um, the Infernal Internship Mark Beaks airing on October twenty-first. Although those last two were swapped in Canada, and we have the uh, the Living Mummies of Tothra, which aired on October twenty-eighth. And it seems there we're we're all wrapped up for for this year. So we'll be getting to into those episodes in particular, and maybe a brief uh, rundown of just w- where we are with the entire show based on the episodes we've gotten this year. But uh, I think we'll, we'll just start in general, um, Steve, w- talking about the episodes together. The, it, none of these were enti- like as plot-relevant as uh, earlier episodes, but they do introduce new characters. Uh, wh- what episode or moment stood out to you from these last three weeks? Oh, well, I can tell you, though, my favorite episode of the three is very easy. It's the Mummy of Top Raw. I like that better than the other two. Um, often they'll do okay episodes, but I felt really of late, um, after the first like episodes before then, the show was really top notch, and I just felt um the, the um on the the Mark Beaks episode, the Lucky Gander episode was sort of a notch below the episodes we have gotten since before then, but I feel though with the Mummy of Top Rot, we're we're back on track, maybe not as hyped. Not in reaching the heights as we had previously, but we're a little closer to the heights we had previously. Okay, that that's interesting because, like to me, the t- uh, of the three, like if I wanted to rank them, I think Tothra would be right in the middle. Like I preferred the Gan the, the a Lucky Gander episode. I think Tothra has has what it, what it has going for it is that it is a purely adventure episode, something that I think a lot of people who are watching this show want this to be more of. And in that sense, it delivers, but like to me, it felt a little bit more boring. But uh, the Lucky Gander introduces a new character. It's got a, a bit more of a intimidating villain in the middle of it, and just a, a very a much more interesting setting to me than just the, like in, in an Egyptian tomb. But uh, I agree that none none of these are that bad. Like even the Mark Beeks episode, which uh, I, I don't know if you agree with, is maybe the lesser of these three. But oh, even though there's some funny moments to salvage out of it. I agree. That was the weakest of the three. Um, I'm just saying, though, it seemed though they, they front-loaded all these plot episodes, and now we got these sort of filler episodes, which is still okay, but it's just not at the heights that we've had before. Yeah, and, it's definitely a weird way to ease us into the hiatus, right? <laughs> We're just like... Yeah. Uh, Episodes that maybe would have fit better in in the middle, and we'll talk a little bit more about the order of the episodes once we get to the to the end. But mm-hmm. but yeah, it's uh, a bit of a of a come down from, from like the 
higher drama that we got in previous episodes. We still have one early episode that has not aired yet. That's yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, we'll make mention of that la- uh, later on, and uh, once we talk about the wrap up. But uh, yeah, now of the new characters we have here, um, Tothra didn't uh, introduce anybody major. Uh, we have uh, Mark Beeks uh, in in the middle episode, and we have Gladstone Gander. Uh, you you know, I I assume these characters are returning from the previous series. Am I correct in that? Well, well, Mark Beeks is a new character in the cartoon. He might have been in the comics. Oh, but Gladstone, yeah, he's a character. He's a, he's an old character from the old cartoon show, and he's he's voiced by the same person that voiced Mr. Peanut on BoJack. It seems oh, the show has, yeah, he's yeah. It seems the show has a lot of BoJack actors on this show popping up. Yeah, <laughs> that is an odd coincidence. <laughs> but yeah, I I really like Gladstone. Like, uh, I I get that his character is being a jer- uh, kind of being a jerk, uh, 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 lording over his luck. But uh, I don't know. I found him kind of charming. <laughs> I yeah. I don't know. I kind of find him and Mark Beeks. They seem kind of similar in tone. I mean, Mark Beeks is a little bit more of a jerk. He's more more of a, an antagonist. But I kind of get the same vibe. That those type of characters that just really don't take things seriously. Think you know, just think the world's a game to them. And I tell you, I know she, this person. She's not a major character, but. I really like Amunit, though, from that Mummy episode. I thought she was very, very endearing to me, who's also voiced by Chris Summers, the voice of Witch Hagar on Voltron. <laughs> yeah, I, I probably I probably didn't treat her well by ignoring her in the new characters department. But, yeah, but she's probably a one-off. Yeah, she didn't seem like a character that's going to be important later on, but she serves her purpose well as the leader of the of the Mummy Rebellion. <laughs> or the... I tell you, though, this show has some really, really good, strong new female characters. First of all, of course, we had um, we had the that assassin in the first episode. I can't top of my head, um, Mick Stabison, and then of course we got Lena, and now we got Amunet. I mean, this show is really on a roll here when it comes to these new female characters. Not to mention Webby, the new Webby. Uh, uh, now you made me feel bad just by remembering there was no Lena in any of these episodes. <laughs> yeah, that's also a big point too. I re- when there's no Lena in it, it's sort of a down. It's a downer a bit. It kind of takes the quality down a bit. We've kind of been spoiled on her. Yeah, a- admittedly, we got spoiled by getting her two episodes in a row. But, <laughs> but yes, like uh, Gladstone. Well, I'm, I I like him, but he's no he's no Lena. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I guess in general, another thing to talk about it is the, the kids. Um, to me, uh, this show I've been struck, uh, at least for me. I know others have picked up on this quickly, but to me, like it's still hard for me to pick out their personalities. Like it still feels like they blend. Like some days it it feels like Louis the lazy one. Other ways, other times it feels like Dewey's the lazy one, and like uh, they share their smarts. And just all in all, like, I know they're trying to give them different personalities, but to me, it, it's still not totally working. How, how, do, how do you feel about how they've done I, with fleshing them out? I kind of sort of disagree and agree. I agree with you on Dewey. They really has not really defined his personality so much. But I think that they have done a pretty good job defining Huey and Louie's personality. I kind of get what the happy character they're supposed to be. I'm still not sure about what Dewey's supposed to be outside that he has he's very interested in finding info about his mother. That's 
<laughs> well, I get from Dewey. Well, yeah, that and he's just eternally chill. Yeah. <laughs> like, just not, not really caring about anything. But, uh, so I, I get, I, I guess there are traits that stick out, but it's just like in the episode, like, it, 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 it always takes me a while to figure out, okay, which, which personality should I be expecting here? Uh, yeah. but, but Huey, it does seem to come, Huey is definitely the more, um, he's the more like, a booky guy. He's the more like, He's the more like everything got to be factual, the more scientist guy. Well, Louis is definitely the more, he's the more like lazy guy, just thinking easiest way to make life work for him. And I guess Dewey's the more adventurous type, but we really haven't seen much of that in these latest episodes. Yeah, and the thing is, like with the Mark Beeks episode, it feels like Dewey was kind of being like very letting things come to him rather than actually. Yeah. I guess the environment doesn't provide for him adventuring. But it just felt a, a little out of place since I would associate that behavior more with Louis. Well, well, you think they're hard to tell now? Um, you obviously have not seen the original show. Believe me, it's much harder to tell in the old show. It's yeah, I'm, I'm sure people who have more experience with the characters are like, oh, okay, these are three totally different characters. But like people who are just jumping in, like me, maybe I'm in the minority. But it's just it, it, it yeah. it's still taking me a bit. Although I, I do think that it, they're slowly getting better at it as we continue to get acquainted with the characters yeah well yeah i, I think the show is sort of taking a page trying to do what a, a show from the 90s called crack pack tried to do with the nephews only i think it's doing a much better job crack pack was a disaster but <laughs> that's another story <laughs> well, uh, speaking of disasters, uh, Donald Duck. No, <laughs> uh, no, but we we should talk about. I guess we'll breeze through the the episodes, and I guess we'll go chronologically. So we have the House of the Lucky Gander, and basically the through line there is Gladstone Gander, who is the luckiest duck in the world, versus Donald Duck, who uh, always uh, fails at life, apparently. <laughs> I, I feel bad for Donald. Like th This episode particularly is like, well, I want Donald to succeed at things. Why don't they let him succeed? I've always felt that way about Donald. I've always been on his side. I, I, know, I remember like the old uh, Mickey Mouse Club theme song. They always sort of down on Donald. I'm like, oh, I'm on Don I I've always been on Donald's side. Donald Duck, I always thought he's definitely more funnier and more interesting character than Mickey Mouse. There I said, it. I'm sorry. Donald Duck, he is, and probably he's a little better than Goofy. I prefer him over Goofy, but I could go either way, way with them. But they're both, I think they're more funnier than Mickey. Mickey is just generic to me, but that's... <laughs> I mean, I'd be perfectly fine if, if Goofy just popped out of nowhere for an episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, okay. there, they have, like, this, this setting where another cartoon show, Goof Troop, takes place is in this universe, so you never know. Maybe, maybe. Those person, but, uh, yeah. The person I want to yeah. see most is Daisy Duck. I want to see Donald's girlfriend, love interest in these classic Disney shorts appear in this show. And in the comic books, interesting enough, there was sort of a Donald and Gladstone. They have like a rivalry over Daisy's affection. No. Yeah, I, I read about that, and like in this episode, it doesn't come off exactly that way. Although you do get the sense that the jealousy is a bit more than just the luck parts. But so that would be interesting if they wanted to add that in. Although uh, we we haven't gotten any mention of Daisy so far. Well, listen, if Daisy's not in it, I st I'm still on that Donald 
and um, Gabby McStaverson ship. Uh, well, uh, we're not stopping anybody from shipping anybody yeah, here. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so we have the it opening at, at them arriving at Gladstone Gander's uh, Casino at the city of Macaw. I, I, from the, I appreciated that pun very much uh, since Macau is a popular casino island in China. But it's just the city of Macaw. Like, okay, good, good job with the bird puns. Starting early. But, um, it, they land with a uh, launchpad McQuack, who's like, okay, I gotta go check on my girlfriend. <laughs> having problems. She, he just disappears for the entire episode and return. Like by the end, he just appears in ninja costume. Uh, I, I enjoyed that gag very much. Uh, do we know if Launchpad actually has a girlfriend or? no. Well, he never had a, had a really girlfriend in the old series. But I really wanted to see that story. It would have been very interesting. I think maybe that's the point. It was sort of the joke that we have a very interesting story off screen. Yeah, it's definitely funny, the idea that we see him just kind of bumbling around. But, like, uh, when we're not looking, he's actually very competent at figuring things out <laughs> by himself, maybe. And, uh, and by the way, it appears his girlfriend species is, an, is a panda. Oh well, that that's just stereotyping. Just because they're in China doesn't mean it has no, to. No, no, no. But he had, a baby, he had a baby panda with him when he came back, and some people oh. surprised that could be his girlfriend's kid. Huh. Well, um, okay, I, I I won't rule that out then. <laughs> um, but so they uh, the meanwhile while he's fighting other ninjas, I guess I don't know. But uh, uh, meanwhile, the family of Scrooge and the nephews and Webby uh, go up to meet uh, Gladstone, and he's having a massage, and uh, they're just like, okay, you brought us here for nothing. So Scrooge tries to leave uh, with, um, uh, with two of the nephews, and they get lost in the casino. And we, we have this split up again. I think th this is just how every DuckTales episode is going to go, that we're going to split the nephews up into, like, different combinations <laughs> but uh this time we have a uh, gladstone being stuck with uh louis yeah, right mm -hmm. yeah so uh, and gladstone t shows louis around the casino uh, and donald gets stuck there too um and donald being unlucky at various casino games um but then like in the middle of that like donald gets tackled and glad when um louis calls him unlucky gladstone says i'm counting on it and, like, that was the first time you get the feeling, oh, okay, what's up here? And, like, I, I couldn't figure it out at first. Props to DuckTales for not um, not giving that away too quickly, at least it, to me. Did, did you figure out the twist? Yeah, well, I definitely thought he has very something sinister in mind about that. He definitely was up to something. Um, <laughs> um, but, like I said, though, I still I still could not get, though, the Mr. Peanut Butter out of my head <laughs> that's mr peanut butter and his fact that their characters are so similar because mr peanut butter has the same type of thing how things just come easy to him how life is lucky for him maybe not to though only he's a i do think mr peanut butter is a little more likable a little more nicer than gladstone though gladstone is not nearly as obnoxious as he is in the old comics so I guess there's that yeah. <laughs> but yeah it yeah, took me a while to get that to get, to get that mr peanut butter thing Oh, separate from this character. And it is an interesting comparison because definitely Gladstone in one episode shows, I don't want to say more death than Mr. Peanut Butter has in the entire show, but like uh, this, the, uh, this episode does a good job of balancing Gladstone being kind of charismatic, but also having his dark side and like uh, fa 
him like using family only when it benefits him you know and like at least having different facets of the personality whereas mr peanut butter it's kind of it's few and far between where we get other sides to his personality besides hey i'm likable well i i do think though i it's different to scrooge doesn't really seem like want to rely on his on his luck he doesn't really favor him um that's different from the comics i guess because i guess scrooge is definitely values family and all he values hard work and as we saw in that in that episode when uh, he took louie to the the money bin visit the money bin so it would have been uh, character inconsistency if he was not against you know gladstone's you know method of just relying on luck and not hard work Right, and actually that, that comes off here too in Scrooge's plotline where it's basically like he, he's being uh, egged on by this, uh, uh, what's his name? Toad Lu, Louis ha, Toad Luhai, <laughs> I think that's how, how they call him. But he keeps trying to convince him to like, oh, settle down, stay stay around. And he's like, no, I, I want to go on adventures. I need to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And so they, they do a good job eventually of uh, meshing the two, the two plot lines together when it turns out that Gladstone is actually a prisoner of this uh, Luhai. And uh, at some point when they figure out that the challenge is between Donald and Gladstone, uh, Scrooge just, I don't even get to be a part of the blasted challenge. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed that, especially because we haven't had Scrooge a lot in these previous episodes. So I was like, oh, he still doesn't get to do anything. Um, But yeah, and then here we have... um, Louis eventually giving the inspirational speech to Donald when he's about to give up. Uh, you never had the common sense to give up before. Why start now? <laughs> and we have the activation of rage, Donald. So is that just how he's going to solve every problem in this show? <laughs> we'll see that before. I don't know. But that's in Donald's character, man. He gets he gets in a rage very easily. But most of the time, that doesn't work for him. Most of the time, it only makes things worse. But... On this show, it seems to be working for him. Yeah, like uh, uh, both times that it's happened, I guess. There's just that one time he was raging in the job interview, and that ended up meh. But yeah, at the same time, as long as Donald's succeeding, I'm I'm fine. I, I want Donald to have good good times in his life. <laughs> uh, and so yeah, it turns out that um, they try to do a bait and switch where. Um, where Gladstone wants to leave Donald behind to, to trade places. But eventually Scrooge works out a negotiation where the, uh, the monster gets to keep Donald. And everyone's like, Scrooge, why'd you do that? And then he's like, three, two, one. And of course, the monster kicks Donald out because of his vast unluckiness. <laughs> the end. Yeah, I kind of yeah. knew that was going to happen. Yeah. Wait, Scrooge but, Donald better than anyone. <laughs> But yeah, I, I enjoyed Gladstone in this episode. I think there were a couple, a couple of good jokes with how, how they handle um, Scrooge being lost in the casino and uh, just in the surroundings. A, a solid episode for me, even if not one of the best of this show thus far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So then we, we moved on to the infernal internship of uh, Mark Beeks. So Mark Beeks... Uh, uh, I guess we already called him kind of like a similar kind of jerk, but this one even more superficial. It seems to be a send up of your classic uh, Silicon Valley tech startup person, just uh, following up on all the hashtags and social media stuff and yeah. uh, hyping up products without actually having something big. 
I think in, the point the is, works. I think the point of this character was to make fun of millennials. <laughs> yeah, it, it just it it feels like a joke that you that people have done in general a lot. At the same time, though, I do like the um the one I liked here was Falcon Graves, who is the saboteur sent to mess with the. Uh, with Mark Beeks and just him being fed up with everything around the entire atmosphere. Uh, uh, I related to him more. Oh, I like I liked him. He reminded me though as uh, as the chief of Fowl from Darkwing Duck. His character design and his personality. Mm-hmm. If you know, uh, and they and it's, it's confirmed Darkwing Duck's going to appear in this series. So I'm keep wondering though, is there a connection there? <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely interesting that there's a lot of, I think, uh, characters that fans are waiting for, and this early we're introducing a new character in Mark Beeks that it seems that wasn't expected. So, uh, interesting timing. He wasn't a hitter in the original show, but he's been in the comics. I'm not sure he's been in the old comics. I think he might be a newer character, but I guess in the recent comics, this -hmm. character is kind of a new villain. He's like the... Third party candidate between Scrooge and Glongold. So, yeah, he, he reminds me though of a a character on The Simpsons. This this one millionaire guy did this joke that um that um the old b- millionaire Billy who just sits in his mansion all creepy and stuff has been replaced by the new modern day millionaire who gives away his money and go and I uh, go and go skydiving and stuff. I don't remember that episode of the Simpsons. Not particularly, but I, I do know that the joke the joke of oh hey, this uh, rich guy is trying to be hip with the times. Like that that's just been a, a trope that's been around for forever. Just, yeah. I'm like saying, this is like taking it to its extreme, right? I'm just saying Scrooge and Glongo, they were covered like the Mr. Burns of this scenario, the two more old fashioned. Yeah, and by the way, I love them together. I I I, I wish we had got more Glomgold in this show. <laughs> you don't Yeah. You don't ship him, right? No. Well, no, but I, I, I enjoy them being, and uh, I enjoy seeing people hate each other. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, really, yeah. And, and bond over their hatred of Scottish EDM music. Yeah. And um, I don't know, in the old show, though, there were actually, believe it or not, a couple of times when they teamed up, believe it or not. So this is sort of nothing new. Though I don't think team up never really happened in this episode. They were just sort of planning it, and it just never went through but yeah it's just glomgold planning oh, like over and over and it's like okay we'll, we'll put him on a boat and then we'll send the boat into a volcano we'll put sharks in the volcano it's just it's so over the top and even screw just like wait how are we gonna do it? where are you planning to get the money for this <laughs> i'm not paying for it <laughs> Yeah, that's why Scooters is the richest duck in the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then uh, the the other plot line besides Scrooge and Glomgold is uh, Huey and Dewey bickering over who would be more successful, and so they both get an internship. Uh, Huey is um, is doing everything right. Dewey's just letting things happen, and they both end up in the same place. I, and I, I get a, a kind of a parallels between Huey and Dewey with Donald and Gladstone. I guess, yeah, Yeah. because, like, Dewey is not really putting much effort, but he's still getting things done, and Huey is putting all he can, but he ends up getting the short stick in the end. (laughs) 
Yeah, and, and actually, it, it's it feels a little bit like a, a joke aimed at like fancy titles where do where Huey ends up getting just a job and Dewey ends up being called VP of fancy business. <laughs> just like giving people nonsense job titles, uh, I, I can uh, definitely see that being a reference to just the tech business in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it turns out that. Uh, uh, Mark Beek's project was a hoax, and he hired this saboteur on his own just to pretend that it was stolen. And uh, Falcon was about to like uh, throw him off the roof. It was a whole weird, weird battle sequence. That uh, I guess the the only thing that I remember out of it is just uh, him jumping over his phone and just typing hashtag YOLO. <laughs> oh yeah, it's hilarious. Um, he, he nothing can get him stopping from texting, but yeah. I kind of, I knew like right like early on that uh, Beaks hired this this guy because because we went with Scooge and Glongo. They were still planning their pl- they're still plotting their little plan. So I knew it wasn't Glongo. It couldn't have been him because he was not done with his planning. So who? So by process by elimination, the only person left has got to be Mark Beaks himself. Yeah, it, it it took me by surprise, but I, I guess it should be expected because Mark Beeks is just kind of weird this entire episode. But yeah, it, to me, it worked. The twist worked, even if it just ends up making him look more like a jerk in the end. And but that's the point. Yeah, and I don't know though, Mark Beeks. He doesn't really come off as a complete villain. He's just more of a jerk antagonist. And the way they hype him up in the opening, he, he looks like much more sinister. I kind of wonder, though, is he going to take a more sinister turn? Is he going to become more evil later on? Or is he going to stay the way he is now? Well, I get the feeling it's just going to be a goofy villain or nuisance to the millionaires. Like, we might get another Scrooge Glomgold Mark Beaks thing, where Mark Beaks is just annoying them. I think, yeah. But- I think maybe the only way maybe he, he, that could happen, he'd come more of a threat, is maybe if he he somehow teamed up with another with a villain, like someone like Magicka or, I don't know, Mob Beagle or something. And I, I have a feeling that Gyro guy needs to come back at some point. Could you see, like, a partnership between those two? Uh, maybe. I doubt that. And speaking of Gyro, I saw... It just me, though, they... Gyro and Mark Beak, don't their faces look sort of similar? And it well, took, they're they're all ducks, of course. You know, <laughs> I was saying that the tone, like the shape of their face, the kind of mouths. And I was sort of for a moment, I wasn't sure though if Gyro was that villain, that fourth villain in that opening, because but then I had a posit and definitely had different skin tones, different skin colors and stuff. So I was so sort of relieved, like, no, Gyro's not a villain, at least not yet. At least not according to the opening, he could still be a good guy. I don't want him to be evil because I know him from the old show, so I have a little bit of emotional connection to him. <laughs> no, I, yeah, in hindsight, I think I called him Gyro when we talked about that intro at the beginning, but it, it, you might be right that that was actually Mark, and I just confused it too because I didn't know who Mark Beeks was yet. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, that happened to me too. And... Also, though he, like I said, he he also looks like uh, he looks like a Darkwing Duck villain as well. I keep mentioning Darkwing Duck. I'm yeah, sorry. you just want Darkwing to show up at some point. But I, I, okay, maybe in my head I'm thinking of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I think overall, while well, this well, well, this is the weakest of the three, but um, it, would you say it was a funny episode? Like I I think yeah. I laughed the least of this, but 
Well, listen, it was still a good episode. There has been no bad episodes of the series, but it's probably my least favorite. Um, yeah, like Scro- the Scrooge Glomgold stuff, like to me, that's what saves this Yeah, film. Yeah, I'm just the main plot, though. That just, it's, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and just before we move on, Glomgold has a fake beard at the end. Uh, yeah. uh, are, are we? Is he pretending to be Scottish? Is he pretending to have a beard? What, what's going on with his eyes? I life? know I have no clue. The whole <laughs> fake beard took me by surprise, so... <laughs> Yeah, because if we're faking the beard, that's already an important part of how I envision you. So now I have to question your entire person. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, oh, but, uh, by the way, yeah. Um, and one thing about Glango's character has always been this. I don't know if I mentioned last podcast. His his character is supposed to be the anti Scrooge in terms of he has no like family. He has like nothing holding him back. He's just all about himself, all alone. So, and I was thinking. So I was thinking, you know, the introduction, Nina's introduction, that maybe they might go in direction that she's related to Glongoat. I'm like, no, that's just not Glongoat's character. He's not supposed to have family. He's never supposed to have family. So, you know. That's yeah, and like right right now, his character in the show is like goofy curmudgeon as opposed to Scrooge, who is more logical curmudgeon. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so uh, wrapping up, we, we moved on to the uh, the Tothra episode. And this is like the most uh, traditional episode, yeah, like uh, traditional adventure thing. Because we have uh, Scrooge and his family going into uh, an Egyptian tomb. And once again, we have a split up here, this time by falling down a booby trap. So you have uh, Webby and Louie in one group and then Scrooge and the rest in the other group. <laughs> So once again, that came very early. Uh, the the group of four meets up with the mummy cults led by a- Aminet. Uh, just uh, you know hey, what's up? Yeah, yeah, I thought it was funny. You know that name, Aminet? That's I think it's the same name as the mummy in that latest twenty seventeen mummy movie. I mean, it sounds like an Egyptian name, so I yeah. buy it. <laughs> I'm not sure that's a coincidence. It's probably just a coincidence because these episodes were probably made long ago. Right. Yeah. But uh, um, meanwhile, we have the Webby and Louie trapped in this treasure room, and so uh, the the group wants to get them out. Uh, they the mummies are like, "Now nah, we gotta serve our pharaoh." I and just so, yeah. I just realized Webby and Louie. This is like Webby's been on these field trips with all three nephews. Man, all of them had these Webby field trips. If you know, you know, first Dewey had one, then Huey. And now Louie, I mean, so it's like, I wonder that's a theme right there, because Webby's been on sort of a field trip with each nephew. Well, I think if they're serious about making them different characters, it makes sense to, like, keep it, keep it shuffled, the, the order in which they split them apart. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, we have uh, them trying to get them out, and so uh, Scrooge decides that the solution is to get them to rebel, and Launchpad knows the way to do it by introducing burritos. <laughs> Uh, bet- between this and Star versus the Forces of Evil, uh, I-, I come to the conclusion that Disney really likes burritos. If we, yeah. What is your opinion on the burrito as a food item? Ah, uh, burritos. Well, you know, right food. Um, not mine. Okay, I gotta kick you off the podcast. That was not sufficiently uh, uh hype for the amazing rap that is the burrito. <laughs> well, let's let me finish. Um. <laughs> Burritos are freaking excellent stuff. I'm, I'm not sure I would start a rebellion over it, but maybe I would. 
Imagine you li- spend your whole life not knowing that you could have a tortilla, put meat, cheese, beans, and rice in the middle of it, and wrapping it together to make a con- th- uh, an item for consumption. Imagine you spend your whole life not knowing that existed. Now, now I think of it, it is worth starting a rebellion. It's worth like take, taking a few taking a few people down. Like I even tell me take a life. Burritos, they are. Yeah. She's candy. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And that's why Launchpad here is the true uh, icon of this episode, uh, really being inspiring and getting people to go forward with the rebellion. Um, but yeah, so inspired by burritos, they eventually get this uh, army together. Uh, I think at some point, a couple of mummies are doing the thr- thriller dance for no reason. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's uh, my favorite part. Oh, man. How you... <laughs> do, does Michael Jackson exist in Duckburg? I'm not sure. Um, I don't, I'm not sure also there was ever a reference to Michael Jackson. If there was, it'd probably be Michael Beekchen or Michael Jack Beek or be some sort of duck version of Michael Jackson. Yeah, because, uh, like, uh, I, I don't know if this is too far of a crossover, but in a Goofy movie, you had that uh, that guy who was performing sort of late early 90s R&B. Maybe he isn't related. I forget what his name is, but you, you know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that, that was a strange aside. Uh, but in the end, it turns out that Toth, Tothra, the pharaoh that they're looking for, is basically just a Wizard of Oz type deal where it's just a guy behind the, uh, a wooden thing uh, manipulating with levers. Or so we think. Or so we think. That was actually interesting to me because I thought, oh, okay, this is where the episode ends, right? But then I checked, wait a minute, this is too much to have <laughs> for too many minutes left in the, in the episode. But then it turns out they uh, push Tothra off the throne he passes over this seal on the floor, and he wakes up, and it turns out, oh, wait, this is a, uh, actually a real thing. This is a real monster. <laughs> so I, I enjoyed that. It, it definitely woke me up at that point in the episode. But um, Oh, and they locked that, that guy, that guy the fake pharaoh in, in a coffin, and presumably they're going to leave him there. So presumably he's going to die. Very dark. I guess. You'd think he's strong enough to open the coffin by himself after enough time. <laughs> but I like to think in my canon, he's dead. <laughs> uh, how, how morbid of you. Then again, this is a tomb. <laughs> it's Halloween but, time. Well, Halloween so, just passed, but it's that time of year. You gotta yeah. be a little morbid. Yeah, somebody's gotta die. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so eventually they they um, cross him back after uh, after figuring out that the sun weakens him. Uh, they wrap him up into a burrito, so the, uh, completing the rebellion as uh, as as the um, as the Mexican food gods intended, uh, and yeah, just uh, ends up happy with the mummies uh, starting their own bur- uh, Mexican food truck. Uh, uh, Launchpad spends nine thousand dollars on a hundred quesadillas and tostadas. Mm-hmm. All's well that ends well, right? Yeah, well, Scrooge actually paid for that. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Technicality. Uh, but it, it's Launchpad who inspired everyone to purchase such uh, food, such foods. And, and you know, sometimes, though, inconsistent Launchpad characters, like we saw in Lucky Gander and we saw in this episode, he's, he's somewhat competent, not a complete buffoon, but in the um, Terra Firmin episode... His dumbness was really pointing a little more up than normal. He was, he was a little, like, over-the-top idiot. 
idiot. I guess. I, I think the character they're going for is, like, obsessed. Like, when he's, like, thinking about a certain thing, he just goes for it. So, like, in that episode, it was, oh, the mole man. So his just entire mindset is surrounded about that. Here, it's burritos, and just his entire mind is centered around that. So <laughs> I, I guess, but while he's thinking about those things, he can do other things. Because even in the Terraformians, while he's playing dumb with the, oh, he can hear me, but he's also fixing the train, right? That's actually a decent skill to have. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, it, but all in all, Launchpad is always funny whenever whenever he talks. So I can forgive um, that being a little in, inconsistent with the intelligence of his character. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, and th- there we have it. We have the, those three episodes, and as far as we know, there are no scheduled episodes for the rest of 2017. Um, according to showrunner Frank and Gones, uh, the order was a little messed up, and there was a, a a Huey episode that was supposed to air in the middle of these, but didn't for who, Disney, who knows what reasons Disney would have. But it seems that that's the only episode that we know of that has yet to air that would be in this uh, in this area. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, all in all, now that we have a, a eight episodes in in the bank um how do you feel about ducktales as a show like uh, if we want to compare it quality wise to early uh, to the early parts of some other shows that we cover here on over the animated where do you want to put this i think Steve? it's very solid it's very consistent um um it's uh it's right up there um Maybe it's a little below Mysticon's level in terms of some of these recent new shows that we that come on the air, but I think it's very solid. I personally think um it's probably it's like one of the most it's a little more more consistent than like OKKO OK has been, and I'm not sure I would say more consistent than Steven Universe, but I haven't seen Steven Universe new episodes in such a long time, so I kind of forget how it was doing. But yeah, it's a uh, so far, there's not been one bad episode. Not been an episode I really like, really hated or didn't like. It's just I do think though they start on such a high note, it's a top notch. But the last three episodes were sort of just a little dip below. It also may have been the fact that I really interested in this Magica storyline. This in the Lena character, I think is very great. And you have three episodes in a row that take a break from that, so that kind of affects my enjoyment just a bit. But what are you gonna do? Yeah, and that that's my my take mostly as well. That it starts very fast, and like I was really impressed with just how quality it was in like the first like four or five episodes. But like these last three, it kind of slowed down back to where I guess I guess would be the standard level. So now that we have all of that together, it. I guess com- compared to like early Steven Universe or early Star Wars is the Forces of Evil, it gets into a story a lot quicker, which, so I appreciate it in that sense. Mm-hmm. Hu- uh, Humor-wise, I-, I think it's about on par with the with the other shows we cover. Um, char- uh, characters, like I-, I enjoy the people on the side. Like I really enjoy Scrooge. I wish we had more of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Glomgold. I really like Webby. I really like Lena. Yeah. But like the the main cast, like. As opposed to Steven Universe and Star and OKKO, where like I fall in love with those characters very quickly, uh, this main cast it's st- it's still taking me a bit to like really get an emotional connection with them. Yeah, I, even yeah, yeah. I think the weak characters so far kind of are the nephews, 
And I haven't seen enough of Donald. Really? Yeah, Donald, I, I think... Uh, I mean, the, the speaking issues aside, where <laughs> we understand half of what he says, uh, I think they've used him well enough where, like, they're trying to get him to be more than just a joke character. And, and I appreciate their efforts in doing that. And I, even in, like, the House of the Lucky Gander, like, it, it felt like actual character growth like i cared about him doing well there so uh, i think donald I, I like him in this show thus far more than i would i would have expected to based just on his voice <laughs> what's wrong with his voice <laughs> I, I kind of understand what he's saying <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's my that's my bad donald duck impression but uh, on, uh, on that note, I guess we'll we'll wrap up here. Um, we want to thank all of you who have been following our DuckTales coverage through uh, this year, and we'll be continuing to cover it when, whenever it comes back. It, maybe it springs a surprise on us before Christmas, or if not, you'll hear us again in 2018. Yeah. Um, but you can find out all the info on this podcast at OverlyAnimated.com. Uh, you can discuss with us about DuckTales or any other animated show we cover on our Discord. You, you can join us there at OverlyAnimated.com slash Discord. Um, you can also support us via Patreon financially at Patreon.com slash OverlyAnimated. We would really appreciate your support there. Um, uh, we want to give thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Kent, a.k.a. Kent Brockman. <laughs> and thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Ala, Andy, and yours truly. <laughs> so did you, did you have any final thoughts, Steve? Well, first of all, Need more Lena to come back. Lena, where are you? And who knows? We might have a little surprise gift, Christmas gift for you guys, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely see. <laughs> but uh, we'll, we'll keep that very vague. But uh, on that note, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. Adios. Bye-bye. <laughs>